mind, body, spirit. The martial arts are a way of life. Attack life, not others, is an insight into that life. With Sensei Tim Hoover. Welcome back to the show. I'm Steve Mitnick, one of Sensei Hoover's longtime students and friend. He's my mentor and just a good guy all around. Sensei Hoover, hello. Hello, Steve. Thank you for that compliment. I appreciate it. Of course. Uh, so you own a few karate schools. I Hoover do. Karate Academy, located in the Lehigh Valley yep. of Pennsylvania, Allentown area. Right. So that's your foundation, that's your base, the martial arts, the karate schools, but then you also have a detective agency, correct? That is Confidential Investigations Incorporated. We opened up in 1988, yeah. So you've been doing that a long time, it kind of goes side by side with the martial arts. Yeah, it does. It's the yin and the yang. Actually, it was kind of funny. I started the karate schools and and we opened that, uh, our first school, but the school actually opened up in 81 and then the agency in 88. But what I didn't want to do, I I never wanted to do the martial arts just for a living. Financially, I knew that I did not want to have, I didn't want to sell my soul. And what I mean by that is um, I never want to have contracts. So I didn't want students training in the martial arts in my school that didn't want to be there or were bound by some kind of written contract. And I also wanted to have the opportunity to kick somebody out that I didn't like, that didn't have the right attitude, that I felt was threatening. Uh, the good of the school. Both of those things have happened. Not everybody comes in our school and likes it so they can leave. We only go month to month. And I've had students that I've had to persuade to leave because they had the wrong attitude. And because of that, I've sifted through the process of many, many years of training and ended up with just the best group of students that I can imagine ever. The other thing was didn't want to burn out. I knew that running a martial arts school, you're running and, and I use the word jet fuel, but man, you're pushing and you're teaching and and you're taking people to another level. And I knew that had to be preserved and put in certain pockets of time throughout the week. And then if I overdid it, I'd burn out and wouldn't be 63 and still doing it. So I had to have another endeavor and I had to have another profession that would feed the income source and uh, which uh, I was blessed enough to get my agency and my detective's license and there it is. Been doing both of these things most of my life. See, what I find unique about that, though, is these decisions you made, it's easy to say now in hindsight, looking back on your life, but you were young back then. Yeah, I mean, you were in your 20s. I think yeah, not many 20-year-olds these days would have the foresight and the understanding of what you just said about the martial arts. you got to keep it segmented, almost isolated to preserve what it's all about and have another revenue stream. Here's two things. One is I've always – I always – prayed for a sense of purpose, Steve. I, I always wanted a purposeful life, really, seriously. So I was always looking for uh, purpose of martial arts and instructing and self-defense and then the detective agency of helping people and doing the right thing. Along with that, I had a lot of support from my wife, I knew my that, kids, yeah. my family, and then all the, the senseis that like Big Steve and all the other people that have been in my life that supported the school that's allowed me to do what I've done. But the thing about the difference between both, karate school is so positive. You're building people's lives. You're building character. You're seeing a somewhat of a celebration of success. You're with a lot of families. I teach a lot of families. Um, it's just awesome. You know, you go into the detective agency and you're, you're just, you know, patching a wound. Uh, you're dealing with the negative, the dark side. You're dealing with people who are getting hurt. You're dealing with uh, hostile terminations. You're dealing with people who have no control over their lives. You're dealing with train wrecks. And it's, it's horrible. So the one feeds off the other. So when I'm in the detective agency, if let's say I'm in a situation like a hostile termination, I thank God that I have the the martial arts background because I'm thrown in that situation. Right. Or if I'm dealing with a family situation, I look at it and think how great it is to have a family that I have. 
and also to teach the people that I teach. So it's almost like this yin-yang thing that kind of feeds off each other and creates a balance. Absolutely. Um, the minute I get tired of teaching the martial arts, I, I look at the detective agency and see some of the lost souls. And I think, wow, what a great thing that I have so much in my life that actually inspires me to continue to do it. We've talked about this too, through the martial arts, you know, it's a big energy thing. There's an exchange, a give and take through sparring and through just everything we do on the mat at the school. That's helped you a lot, has it not, in the detective agency when it comes to, you know, um, interrogating people, oh, just body absolutely. language, eye contact, all that, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I never went to school for, for that kind of thing. So reading into people's sensitivity and seeing, because everybody lies. Yeah. I mean, everybody does. Um, whether it's what they used to call a white lie or a black lie, you know, everybody lies. But, you know, you got a guy in front of you that's, you know, stole some money and, and or did something or, you know, broke in or whatever. And you're about trying to get restitution and recovery here, get some money back for the company or the family. Yeah, they're going to lie. They're going to lie, you know. So you got to look for sensitive issues of body language, interaction, and then how they respond to some of your questions. Sometimes it takes five seconds. Sometimes it takes three or four interviews. To me, that's the most interesting part. My wife says I can't follow. I don't know north, south, east, west. But what I do know is people. Yeah. That's given me a certain amount of success is to know that. And then I see it also in the dojo. Call it sensitivity. You know, it's something that I can do. Sometimes I'm wrong, but yeah, yeah, most of for the sure you I'm can right. do that. I got to yeah. take a turn here. Uh, let's lighten things up a little bit. Uh, I'm just laughing a little bit about what you're saying because going back 20, 30 plus years when I was coming up through the system, through your school, and uh, you said this before in earlier episodes, you know, the group of people that you attracted that school, just good quality people. Right. My group of people I kind of came up with uh, when we were young students of yours, none of us would lie. But yet we were terrified of you, not from martial arts, just because you could read us like a book. Like you could see right through us no matter what. So we would never lie. Right. But yet you knew what we were thinking before we were thinking it. That's always been a, a skill of yours that you can do. You know, you could look at our eyes and you knew what was best for us before we knew what was best for us. You knew where we were going before we knew where we were going. Well, you do, you know, as a coach and as a sensei, the same thing, you kind of, that's your purpose. You, you tend to look for that. You don't want to just look at the shell of the student. You yeah. want to look inside of their eyes and, and see how they're coming to class that day and see how prepared they are. And then through the training and through the interaction, you learn about the students and you find their strengths and weaknesses. And at the same time, sometimes through them, you find your own. A lot of times I found my own. You know, one of the good things that I've had and one of the fortunate things in my life is that I've been married for 42 years to the same woman. So I can't imagine what it'd be like to not be married because this particular person is always able to take me and help me shape myself. Not that I'm asking for it, but a lot of times she'll criticize me for, for being a jerk. And I can remember back then, way back then, she came up to watch me teach and I was young and she didn't say anything. She just stood there and I could see, you know, from a distance that she was observing me. And I got home that night and uh, she said to me, who are you? I said, you know, my wife's name's Carol. I said, what do you mean, Carol? When you're married, you know, you got to take, receive, listen. And if you don't, you don't stay married long. And I don't think you become a better person, really. So anyway, I said, what are you, what are you talking about? Now it's starting to bug me. And she says, who are you again? What? That's what she says to me. I said, well, I'm a sensei up there. I'm a teacher. She said, I don't know you up there. Wow. She said, you are totally, totally different up there than you are at home. Now, I was a young man. I was just starting out. She says, what do you mean? What'd that make you feel like? Stupid. Really? <laughs> I just, really. I, thought, I was like, geez, the person I love the most goes up there, sees me in my dojo, and it says, you know, who are, who you? are you? Wow. And I was a shock. And so she was able to see inside of me and something that I didn't see early on. And so that was the beginning of shaping me because your students, like you said, 
a lot of times they're not going to tell the sensei, hey, you got a problem. The one person that's going to do that is your wife. True. So anyway, she did. And, and I, <laughs> I, I started to look at that and I started to realize that I had to make adjustments as well myself as a teacher and as a sensei. You got to make those adjustments on the fly as well. You know, that comes along with the reason, the story of the detective agency and why I did it. And again, the negative side pushes the positive and the positive pushes the negative. It's kind of the yin yang. It kind of all worked. And even though it's a lot of moving parts, it came together and it flows in a good way because I see the dark side. So the dark side a lot of times allows me to set up my technical side because of what I see and what my mind sees. So it's engaged. It's just like being a police officer. They see more than I do. And, you know, they can take that and say, well, this is what's really happening in the street today. And this is how you really have to defend yourself. A lot of it is, as well, interaction, voice command, eye contact, and the ability to express your attitude. You got to present and promote and push your attitude out there before somebody takes it from you. It's all about yin yang. It's all about yin yang. And thanks, Steve. I appreciate the opportunity to bring in the agency and talk about that a little bit. I think it's a a good thing. Not a lot of people know that I do that because I don't like to uh, promote it within, but I thought it was good to talk about the balance of life. And we'll have a link to uh, the website for your uh, private investigating business on the show notes to this episode. All right. Well, thanks, Steve. All right. Thank you, Sensei Hoover. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to Attack Life, Not Others. Subscribe to our podcast. And for more on Sensei Hoover's way of life through the martial arts, go to hooverkarate.com. This has been a Steve Mittman Social Media creation. Creation, creation. Steve Mittman Social Media.com.